Five o'clock in Pirate Country, and 94.3 The Game is going to get you home with the P-Man. In five, four, three, two, one. Lock it in. Turn it up. It's time for the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. This is the flagship station of the ECU Pirates. songs that proves you just gotta you know hit the home run once and then you get the check for it for the rest of your career right he never really had a been in, big hit huh well no rundgren had a few hits he was a sought after producer sorry i mean he but that was the big you know one of the, the of the last 30 some odd years big i mean that was the one that's been in the movies and the commercials that's you know Gotcha. The one that see that get you get the mailbox buddy the mailbox money off of. It's a good tune. Is it better than working for the weekend, Ben? I don't know. I like I like the cheesy '80s vibe of working for the weekend. The 80s boomer are in right now. The '80s are in. The mullet's back. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. The mullet is back. Uh, I tell you what will not be back. This was some sad news to learn this afternoon. Um, welcome in, everybody. It's the uh, Feel Good Get You to the Weekend Edition. We'll try to make you feel good here. There's a lot of things uh, that could make you feel very good, and then there's there's some uh, there's some some deviling at work overtime that'll make you not feel real good. Uh, the Little League World Series and Softball World Series have both been postponed until 2022. So, in other words. Uh, an event that was supposed to take place in its first year in Greenville just a, a week or so ago uh, now will not happen until 2022, I, and I presume that would still be in Greenville. We we haven't had time to check on that, but uh, we understand it and, and think it will be. And then uh, up in Williamsport, the Little League World Series, and I saw, uh, you know, there's a lot of the the recognition of the team that was up there from Greenville a couple of years ago, and then uh, a few years ago, the team that went to Williamsport from Greenville, a lot of that on uh, people sharing it on their timelines, and uh, that was a beautiful thing. Uh, but uh, no chance at any of that until 2022. And, you know, we've not said it on here. We we talked a lot about Little League this year, and there was such a great community involvement and spirit about that this year. Uh, but Brian Weingarts and everybody, Scooter, everybody involved with that did such a fantastic job of uh, – just making that season happen and there's going to be some fall ball. I just, I think it's a great thing. Great thing for the community. Uh, so that's some, uh, bleh news to start things here. Um, we didn't get a chance to talk to Blake Taylor yesterday. We will have Blake Taylor in a few minutes here today. And then, uh, at the bottom of the hour, West Durham, who is, uh, the voice of the ACC network. Uh, and it actually was a year ago. We had Wes on the show a year ago today. So uh, I guess we can call this now his annual appearance uh with uh west durham coming up in a little bit we'll look forward to that today of course would have been the uh, uh first free boot friday of the year the second week of the high school football season our guy the uh, ref intern philip would have been out working 
a game last night, possibly tonight. We're going to have ECU Marshall tomorrow. That's just unfortunate. Just unfortunate. Uh, some news that did come through today that I think is kind of, of interesting, and there's still apparently a long ways to go with this, but now the Big Ten is thinking about um, playing football this year and trying to play maybe a six- or eight-game conference season with a Thanksgiving start. Now, I, I don't know if this has anything to do with Nebraska and the players, I should say, from Nebraska suing the league or, or what, but uh, there's some uh, discussion and it would be up to the president who, who really uh, were the ones that were the ultimate decision maker in driving no football for the Big Ten this year. But uh, the word today and several reports that uh, they could have a, a Thanksgiving start that would go through Christmas. Interesting. Uh, a little bit of audio to get to uh, that we did not get to yesterday. Uh, ben Cut 22 is one that I'd like uh, us to hit. Mike Houston had a uh, string of tweets today referencing uh, social justice issues. He was asked about that yesterday uh, during the Zoom press conference where they made the announcement that they would not be playing Marshall. And there were still people this morning asking me uh, when the football season started. Which, I mean, just, I mean, people who like sports, but just they don't pay attention to this every day like we do. Uh, but anyway, here is uh, Mike Houston. Let me know when we have that, Ben. Uh, Mike Houston. All right, we're ready. Let's do it now. This is Mike Houston. He was asked yesterday about social justice issues uh, during that Zoom press conference, and uh, I think this is apropos to play, uh, given uh, the uh, series of tweets he put out to those tweets, uh, the the screenshots of those tweets uh, on our Twitter, at 943thegame. Uh, here's the cut, though, from yesterday, Mike Houston discussing that with the media. Yes, we did discuss that today, and uh, this has been an ongoing discussion all summer. Um, it's something that we've had uh, a significant dialogue with our leadership council about. Uh, we have a couple of initiatives uh, that we are uh, working on right now, in addition to um, the things that we did with voter registration and uh, the video that the team put out this summer. Uh, it's a topic that's very important to me. Uh, I am very sensitive to the issue. Obviously, you know, being, uh, you know, I was a prep athlete. I was a college athlete. I've been a prep and college coach for many, many years. So uh, I am accustomed to being in a, an environment that's very diverse. I have close friends uh, that uh, have skin tone that's different than mine. Uh, and I have strong feelings about equality. So uh, this is something that's uh, very important to us as coaching staff and also something that's very important to our student athletes. And that sort of summarizes uh, what he, he said there what he tweeted, but it was, it was fascinating. I actually was watching those appear sort of in real time as he tweeted them out uh, this morning. Uh, and then some other pirate uh, football assistants uh, put out similar tweets. Uh, and again, you can find all of that uh, on Twitter. Uh, a couple of other things that we didn't get a lot to Mike Houston talking yesterday. Uh, ben, do we have cut 19 about the players kind of remaining motivated despite having their regular season pushback uh, start pushback for a second time. Uh, let's go with that. That was 19 on the vast soundbite roster from yesterday. Uh, just, I guess, the motivation of uh, the team now that they've had what was going to be a uh, starting date dropped uh, and now a new one set for the 26th. Well, it is. And, uh, you know, the thing that, uh, you know, was motivating them for this first part of, um, you know, the fall camp was, 
getting ready to play. Uh, I do think the competition and being able to be out on the field playing again was something that uh, kept a lot of energy and excitement out there. Uh, this pause has set us back. There's no doubt. Um, you know, we've got to a degree kind of start from scratch uh, whenever we do start back because, you know, you're, you're just you're just then starting to get a little bit of conditioning. Uh, and then to have this pause, now you've lost that. So it's not like you can start back where you left off. Uh, you got to start back where the players are conditioning-wise uh, and build back up from there. So, um, you know, the thing that's motivating them is still, you know, having a season this fall, uh, representing East Carolina University, uh, playing in Daddy Ficklin Stadium and competing in the American Athletic Conference. I think we'll still have all that. I feel very good about that. Ben, uh, we've got a Twitter poll we put up yesterday. Uh, and uh, there were some people who just are very, I guess, glass half empty sorts that feel like that there will not be, uh, you know, any good news affiliated with anything with college football. I would view this Big Ten news, by the way, as somewhat uh, encouraging today. And I think uh, the American is, is still going to play football uh, as long as uh, the, a, a, uh, the ACC and the SEC and Big 12 are. But, uh, well, how did that Twitter poll remind folks of the question at nine four three the game on Twitter, Ben, and uh, and uh, remind folks or give folks the update on on what that Twitter poll looked like? So we asked, are you confident that ECU will open the regular season now on September twenty sixth? Yes or no? Seventy eight point five percent said no, while twenty one point five percent said yes. Wow, very negative, very negative, very negative. I will say that the news yesterday was a little draining. No, I mean it was. And, you know, I, I've been in a little bit of a, a funk today. This hadn't been my best Friday ever, <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. This is one of those days you want to just stay in bed. And um, and, and for no, I, and the only thing I could, I guess, trace it back to is just, um, you know, where we are with football right now. Yeah, because we're media that actually wants football. Yes, yes. And... You know, I felt, uh, and I, I still feel very good about it. I mean, I had a wonderful night last night, great night. Um, so yeah, it was just, um, I don't know. I, I, I can only attribute it to, um, you know, that there, there is, uh, so the news from yesterday kind of hit us like a ton of bricks. Uh, I don't know. We'll get back to that other cut. I was going to call for Ben. We'll save that, put that in the quill. Uh, we got that and, and some Cam Newton stuff we could maybe get to a little later on. Uh, we'll go to break right now because I do want to get to Blake Taylor. Before we head to break, uh, are, are you are you going to have a new Twitter poll up, Ben? Was that ever decided with you and, and intern Philip? Tell people what that is real quick. It's pretty simple. We just asked, what will you watch this weekend? We got Daytona. We got the BMW Championship, baseball or hockey. So far, Daytona leads with 42.9% of the votes, followed by golf with 286 and then Todd is baseball and hockey of 14.3%. Gotcha. Uh, no, we really don't know what the NBA is going to do exactly yet. Yeah, I think there's uh, some terms that need to be met that yeah. the players are One demanding. Of the, well, they already signed a contract. One of the, the GM. But that doesn't matter, Patrick, nowadays. I know. The, the GM for uh, one of the schools, or what schools, one of the uh, franchises, I guess, was on MSNBC. Uh, calling it a a pause, not a boycott, which uh, what's I, I the difference that was, nowadays? What's the difference? Well, I, there's a there's a lot of difference. I mean, words matter, and that was we went from an original. I mean, Kenny Smith says he's coming back today, so his walkout or boycott was short lived until I guess 
his bosses told him, you, you know, can't have you walking. You got to do your job and be professional. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just I think if you and it's hard, trust me, I, I, I feel for a lot of people out there. It's very hard, but you just you have to try to not be ruled by emotion so much. And, you know, step back, see, let's see what ends up happening. And, and I mean, there's a lot of details still coming out about what happened in Minnesota with George Floyd, which was a horrible situation. I mean, that, that cop murdered the guy. Um, but there's, you know, other factors that played into that as far as some things that were in Floyd's system, apparently. I mean, that has come out in the last couple of days from, you know, very credible media. All right, I, I don't want to harp on this on a Friday. Uh, I do want to give away some books. Uh, we had Brandon Sneed in earlier in the week. His new book, Sooner, came out Tuesday. It's a book about Lincoln Riley, chronicles uh, Lincoln Riley's entire career to get to the point where he's the head coach at Oklahoma. Also chronicles a good part of his time here in Greenville. The best book about Lincoln Riley out there. Yeah, it is. (laughs) is. Of all the Lincoln Riley books, it's the best one. It's the best one. All right. Uh, Brandon's a great friend. We love Brandon a lot. And, uh, I uh, feel like uh, this is a great book. We've I, I've read a little bit of it on the digital copy that Ben and I got, uh, respectively. And uh, we're going to give away three today. How about that? First three callers at 252-561-GAME. 252-561-4263. We'll get a copy of uh, the book sooner. They will mail it to you. And I think Brandon's even willing to personalize it if you'd like. Uh, so the first three callers will win. Uh, we'll take a break. And when we return, I'm very excited to have Blake Taylor Uh, ECU golf alum with us. His plans to go pro have been put on hold because of COVID-19, and he's playing in uh, one of the big amateur events this weekend in the uh, southeastern part of the state. So uh, we'll chat with him next on the PJ Show. Like us on Twitter at 94.3 The Game for breaking sports news, programming alerts, and the latest from the ECU Pirates. Patrick Johnson. For a guy who thinks he's cool, you're sure no fun. This is the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. Welcome back, everybody. Patrick Johnson Show here on 94.3 The Game. And uh, we had our uh, our info uh, that we put on uh, our website. Uh, also, uh, Facebook, Twitter, all of our social media uh, that our guy Brian Mull wrote for the uh, paper down in Wilmington. But the uh, annual City Amateur taking place this weekend down in uh, Wilmington. And uh, it's been uh, in play for a number of years. Uh, it's going to have some UNCW guys in it. Brian Mull's going to be playing in it, he was telling me this week. And uh, it's going to have a little purple and gold flavor uh, in it as well. One of ECU's uh, great golfers in a string of what's become some really great golfers uh, lately uh, from the Wilmington area, uh, Blake Taylor. And Blake's joining us uh, here on the telephone to uh, talk about that and what's going on in his career right now. Uh, Blake, good to talk to you, my friend. Good to be here. I appreciate the opportunity. So this was your year to, I guess, go to Q school, try to uh, make the transition from an amateur to uh, to play playing professionally. Uh, then the pandemic has hit, and that's kind of thrown a, a little bit of a, a wrinkle into everything. Uh, from from 
not only for you, but others that are in the same position. So I know it's probably been a little frustrating for you. It definitely has. And I know it's that way for guys that are still in school too. And then guys like me who have finished school. So, um, but yeah, it's included a lot of change of plans. No Q school. It's kind of now, do I want to stay amateur a little longer? Do I want to do some mini tour stuff? Um, I know colleges aren't really playing much either, so they're kind of dealing with the same situation I am. You uh, are going to be in the in the city am this weekend, and we can talk a little bit about that because the field is actually a pretty stacked field. I mean, it's uh, it, it's pretty impressive group of guys that are playing in that. But I mean, there's no Corn Ferry Q School as you mentioned, the qualifying school, uh, and there there aren't just a, a ton of opportunities. And you were telling me before we went on the air here that things did start kind of slowly for you. And then once everybody kind of, you know, got through the initial parts of this pandemic and we started to see golf returned, uh, you know, here you are playing. Uh, you go from really not playing to, to playing a whole lot in a lot of amateur events. Yeah, it, this summer was a lot different than um, every summer of my amateur golf previously because there's really nothing going on in June mm-hmm. um, and April or May. I mean, our the pandemic canceled our season, and I believe our last tournament was in March. Right. So yeah, yeah. We didn't play. I didn't play a tournament from April, May, and then I played in a couple, one little thing in June, and then but the North and South in late June was really my first thing, and then I played in three or four in July. So it was everything back to back to back. And um, now at this point with the city am, this is kind of the last thing that for sure, I'm sure a couple other tournaments will pop up in the fall with amateurs and college golfers not having anything to play in. But um, this is really the last thing to stay competitive, which is really what I'm just trying to do. I'm trying to just stay competitive. Um, You know, Regular golf and tournament golf is so different. And so as much as you practice, it's really hard to transition it to tournament golf if you haven't been playing tournament golf in a long time. Yeah, there, there's something about making those putts with a little more pressure, <laughs> with, with a little tournament pressure. Exactly. Yeah, that, that is a little different than if you're going out for the weekend warrior game. Um, Blake Taylor's with us. Uh, Blake wrapped up now at ECU. He actually wrapped up uh, with uh, the, the – uh, the, the second lowest in school history stroke average in his senior year last year. Uh, he had uh, qualified back a couple of years ago for the Greenbrier uh, Classic, reached the finals of the U.S. Amateur Four Ball last year in Oregon. So Blake uh, was well on his way uh, to uh, Q School in the Corn Ferry Tour and, uh, and, and going pro and a guy we, we hope we'll see one day and expect to see one day uh, on the big tour. Um Tell me a little bit about, you know, leaving Wilmington to go to ECU. Uh, we'll, we'll get back into kind of the, you know, state of golf now and, and this city event, but let's let's visit that for a moment, uh, deciding to go play golf at East Carolina. Uh, give our listeners a little bit of that story, if you don't mind, Blake. Ooh, well, um, I've, I was a relatively late bloomer. I was, I played golf my whole life, but grew a ton early in high school and my game kind of went down and so I wasn't being heavily recruited and then my junior year of high school so I was probably let's say I guess 
17, 16, 17 years old, I started playing well and started getting these late colleges popping in recruiting. And um, anyway, it came down to ECU. It was Press McFall at the time was mm-hmm. recruiting me. And, yeah. um, and Wilmington were kind of the two options I had. Um, and so it was either stay home and go to Wilmington or go up to ECU, which still isn't far from home. And um, I just – I fell in love with the campus, fell in love with the city. You know, I love how you you can't go far at all without seeing purple and gold everywhere. And yeah. Especially during football season, you see it everywhere. Yeah. And so um, I just – I love that. I love the support, how the whole city of Greenville is just hardcore ECU. And – um. That's really cool to me and really important to me. Um, so that along with the guys on the team, I really – they were all local guys from North Carolina. We, most of my time at ECU, our entire roster was all from North Carolina. So um, I knew a lot of those guys growing up and was friends with a few of them already. And so as far as that goes, I already knew everybody. So – it was an easy transition in, so I felt like that was the best fit for me, and it was it was a good decision. We're we're great, uh, greatly appreciate to have uh, Blake Taylor with us, uh, ECU uh, golf alum, and uh, now in a little bit of uh, an area, he's working on a golf course and uh, playing some amateur events as he can to stay sharp uh, for whenever Q School opens to to go there and uh, qualify to be a professional. And he has uh, uh, been a great golfer. Uh, Throughout his life, but certainly uh, at ECU, three-time uh, All-American, uh, All-American Conference, All-Academic uh, team, and a couple of times made the All-Conference uh, team in his time at uh, ECU. So it's uh, it's great to have Blake uh, with us here. Obviously, uh, and we've talked to Harold uh, numerous times last year. We haven't really talked to Harold as much this year because of the wonkiness in the schedule, uh, and uh, wanted to give him a little time after his season ended. Uh, before we talk to him, uh, of course, John McGinnis, who's about to, to move to the Wilmington area. Uh, McGinnis is a great friend of ours, broadcaster also. Before HV3, he was kind of the prominent or one of the prominent uh, ECU golfers that made the PGA Tour for a bit. Uh, so there, there's there's a great deal of history in the Pirate program, and obviously everybody loves Harold Varner. H- have you had a chance to interact with uh, HV3 uh, over your time during your time at Greenville, or at any point in your uh, golf career, um, yeah, Harold's been Harold's been great. I mean, anytime you ask someone about Harold, they always say, you know, yeah, he's a great guy. We love him, and that you know, they say that for a reason. He's he's really a good guy. Um, yeah, he he comes back normally at least once a year. He always comes back for a football game and we'll see him and practice with him a little bit. And um, I've got a chance to see him. I met up with him at the Greenbrier when I played up there. Mm-hmm. And actually because of schedules, we weren't able to play with each other. But um, I talked to him a couple times after the round and even went out. When I missed the cut, I went out and followed him a little Saturday before I left. And so um, it was really cool just me and him have texted back and forth a few times before big tournaments. Just, um, you know, me asking advice and mainly mindset advice and stuff like that. So he's, yeah, he's been a big help, and I really appreciate him being open to me. 
The uh, Wilmington area native Blake Taylor, ECU golf alum, on the phone with us here, Patrick Johnson Show. Uh, Blake, how's your game right now? I know it's been a different summer for you, but how, how do you feel you're playing right now going into this uh, Wilmington City Am this weekend? It's um, It's been pretty good. I, I haven't got to play as much as I'd like. Um, I've been working a decent amount, but um, that, I mean, that's just how it goes. Yeah. Um, as far as I'm coming off the USAM and I played well out there, had kind of a rough draw with the waves, so had a lot of wind to deal with, um, but still felt like I was really close to making the cut out there. So still confident, even though I was definitely disappointed with that finish, but, um, still building confidence and. This is on a course I know and I've played since I first started golf. So I definitely feel confident about it. You got a hole in one at the Carolinas amateur earlier in the summer, right? Yes, correct. First one that or, or which was, how, was that the first one in your career? That was no, that was actually um that was number four. Right? Oh, four? Yeah, I've been pretty lucky in that category so far. <laughs> all right, well, all right. Give us, tell us what happened on the most recent one, the, this this fourth one. Then, um, well, it was on the I think the fifth hole on I think it was Saturday. I was playing in the second to last group, actually with Lance and Robbins, who ended up winning. And um, is downhill front pin is about. I think it was about 200 yards, but it was a little downwind, and the greens are firm. I wanted to land at about 190, which is about the front edge of the green, so I just swung hard at an 8-iron, and um, it landed perfect. And I believe it was Lance and actually said in the air, he's like, that could go in. Like, that looks good. And it ended up rolling in and just rolled in perfect. It was It was pretty cool. Wow. What was the first one? When How old were you when you had your first one? I can't remember the exact age. I was, I want to think I was around seven. Oh. Seven or eight. <laughs> That's seven or eight. Yeah. First, second grade. Yeah. Just out was, there, hit the hole in one. Yeah. <laughs> I, I've been pretty lucky at a young age because I, I actually, I had all three of them probably. I say I had four, but I haven't had one in probably five to eight years at least. Yeah. So all of them were pretty young, and then this is probably this is definitely the first one from the back team. So ah, that's there that's you go. Okay, I got you. I got you. Uh, Blake Taylor with us here, uh, ECU golf alum. Uh, did some really big things uh, as a pirate, but also. Uh, put some low numbers on the board uh, in his senior year, especially uh, at ECU. And uh, unfortunately, their, their season, like a lot of spring sports seasons last year, cut short. Uh, and so this city amateur in Wilmington this weekend, and again, I, I, we wanted to talk to you, wanted to bring this up, uh, because this is a pretty stout event. I mean, this is, uh, you know, as far as amateur golf goes, really has a world-class field in it this weekend. Uh, a lot of a lot of college golfers, as you say, guys like yourself, maybe right now that are are waiting to see when uh, the Q School reopens, and then you know some guys who've been who've played this event many times, uh, who have, who have won this event too. So this is a pretty good field this weekend. 
yeah, it it really is. I know um, I kind of signed up late because I didn't know what my work schedule was going to be. And <laughs> David Donovan, the head pro down there, called me up and he's like, hey, you, you want to play, right? And I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'd love to. And um, he was like, well, the field's really good. And I was like, I was like, okay, yeah, I, you know, I believe you. It's normally pretty good. And then we got the tee sheet, and it was like, oh wow, I, I know all these guys, and yeah, they're, it's a really good field. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm playing with Lance and Robbins in the first round, and he's had an incredible summer. I mean, he's, people might not have heard of him as much nationwide, but as far as North Carolina and the East Coast goes, he's had one of the best summers of anyone I know yeah if you play with Mull uh just just really kick him in his in his rear end really good for, just do it for us you know if you're gonna if you wind up in the course of the weekend somehow getting paired up with Mull give him uh no Brian's a, like I said a great uh, friend and helped us get in touch with you which was great and uh uh he's excited about this weekend I think a lot of people are and uh, we're excited to see how you do in that down there uh, Blake, uh, thanks a lot, man. What what is the plan? Um, have you have you been given any indication when the Q school may fire back up here? Um, no. As far as I know, this year's is canceled. It's right. Done. Yeah. So it'll most likely just be next year. I assume on a pretty normal schedule. Um, it sounds like guys that are already out there are going to kind of be reshuffled depending on how they play and just have another year out there. Mm-hmm. And um, so it'll be next fall probably. So we'll be finding something to do to try to stay competitive and get ready for that. Well, hopefully with maybe a return to a more normal schedule, because I think golf's done a really great job uh, – PGA level, the professional level, and even from what I understand, the amateur level of, you know, being able to hold these events without any issues. So I, I think that's that's been a great uh, example for how other sports and businesses can conduct their uh, daily business and weekly business. But, uh, you know, hopefully you could get in some more events uh, for whenever Q school, before Q school, Q school fires up. Easy for me to say. But, uh, hey, uh, I appreciate your time. I know you're busy. Thank you. Good luck this weekend, and uh, we'll be keeping an eye on you and pulling for you uh, here in Greenville. Thank you. I appreciate it. Uh, Thanks for having me. That was our pleasure. What a nice guy, Blake Taylor, ECU golf uh, alum. Good luck to him. That's a big event down in uh, Wilmington this weekend. Ben, you were scoring buckets on your own team in uh, Recreation League basketball, and hey, here he gonna, is. You're going to mention that. Brit- hey, <laughs> don't forget, add some context to that. Well, wait a minute. We don't have a lot of time. And there there he is hitting holes in one in, in like, second grade. All right, Ben now will uh, ace this uh, update of what's going on in the world of sports. Then Wes Durham joins us. Ben? Thanks, Patrick. Ben Barm here for your 94 Through the Game Sports Update. The Little League World Series has expanded its postponement due to the coronavirus until 2022. Postponement also affects the Little League Softball World Series, which is scheduled to take place in Greenville. For college football, UNC Athletic Director Bubba Cunningham says that university will begin the fo- that the UNC will begin the football and fall sports seasons with no fans in the stands. Cunningham claims that the order will only last through September. According to Clemson Athletic Director Dan Radikovic, 
The ACC has revealed to the members that during the season, they will conduct coronavirus tests three times a week, including one test the day before a game kicks off. The ACC has not officially announced protocols for the upcoming season, but sources report that their protocols look similar to what the SEC and Big 12 put in place. Meanwhile, Clemson also announced that they reduced capacity for home games to 19,000 fans. The Big Ten is looking to reconsider their postponement of football as the conference coaches have come together to discuss a revised schedule. It's being reported that the league has discussed returning Thanksgiving weekend and having an eight-week schedule. Hall of Fame basketball head coach Lou Olson passed away earlier this morning at the age of 85. Olson built Arizona into a national powerhouse and guided the Wildcats to the program's only national championship in 1985. From the PGA Tour, second round play underway from the BMW Championship. Roy McIlroy stands alone on top of the leaderboard at two under. A trio of players are at one under, including Tony Finau and Tiger Woods set six over. And NASCAR wraps up the regular season at Daytona this weekend with Kevin Harvick on the pole, Mark Truex Jr. second, and Joey Logano starts third. If you're 94 through the game sports update, I'm Ben Byron. We return West Durham of the ACC Sports Network, Network will join us after this quick timeout. Instagram, Twitter. Like us on 94.3 The Game's Facebook page for breaking sports news, pictures and videos, programming alerts, and the latest from the ECU Pirates. The Patrick Johnson Show. He's the perfect stud muffin. He's a menace to society. Every weekday at 5 on 94.3 The Game. Yes, it was a, a year ago Wes Durham was on this fine radio product and he's back for what I guess we can call now an annual appearance. Wes Durham of the ACC Network, Falcons Radio Voice joins us. Uh, Wes, great to great to have you on. Uh, this late Sam, in the can day. We do something, can, we, can we do something else a little quicker than annually, Patrick? <laughs> You're a tough man to get a hold of. I know that. You have uh, the star of West Durham has, has no, just no, no. corrupted. Come on, man. Come on. <laughs> I love talking to you. You're one of the more uh, thoughtful uh, orators in, in when you're in this venue. So there's a million things to talk about. Uh, I'm going to ask right. an inside broadcast dork question to start things, though. Okay. Have, sure. have you been given any guidance about where you're going to do the games? If, if we got games for the ACC network and then how you're going to travel and how you're going to do the Falcons games. I'm just fascinated to hear about all that. Uh, I know more about the Falcons. That I can confirm. Um, I will say this on behalf of the ACC Network: the collaborative effort that comes from the college football side of ESPN—that's Steve Ackles, John Basalo, Brian Yarrow, Lee Fitting—they've um, done a remarkable job in a time when you're not quite sure when's going to happen, what's going to happen, and when it's going to happen. Right? Um, they have done a really good job. We're going to go with games. That's that's obvious. The weekend of the twelfth. How those games would be broadcast uh, is a combination of things, and I don't really, for certain, know exactly how. So, um, could some be done from site? Certainly, could some be done remotely from a studio? Yes. Could some also be done the way you've seen some Major League Baseball and uh, uh, Korea baseball done? Yes. So, to tell you, I know for sure how my game is going to be done. I don't know yet. Uh, but we're preparing for a lot of different things. Uh, the Falcons, I'm a little more sure of. How's that? Um, yeah. The Falcons, we are going to be in Mercedes-Benz Stadium for every home game in our regular radio booth. Uh, we will not travel. Uh, we are going to do every road game 
from a studio inside Mercedes-Benz Stadium that will feature not only a uh, fairly consistent, non-delayed video feed, but also some other camera angles because the National Football League, as you might suspect, has gathered with all of its television rights holders and thus all of its radio rights holders because you have to remember that the relationship between the league and radio is really good because of NFL films. Mm-hmm. And so, therefore, we're going to be in a pretty controlled environment, but because of the relationship with the television rights holders, we're going to be provided a feed that will show us the All-22. It will show us things that, you know, it's going to be a challenge. There's no no question about that. But, again, we're going to, we have to find places that are big enough to social distance. Uh, we're also going to limit ourselves from a personnel standpoint. We're not going to be able to have as many people in our radio booth as we've had before. So I'll do Falcons football without a a statistician and a spotter um, per se, which is different, but that's the way these booths are constructed. And let's be honest, safety is the most important piece right now. And I can't tell you for sure how many franchises are not traveling, but at last report, it's, it's pretty close to 32. I, there may be a, a three or four still traveling at this point, but a week ago it was 50%. And as I understand it, it's, it's escalated quickly now because, and, and the real honesty on this, Patrick, and the long answer is, is that the radio crews all come from different variables in the bubble mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. You, you can't break the bubble. Bottom line is the NFL is, They've created this bubble. It's pretty solid, um, far more solid than I think baseball was and is. And I think that the players and their level of responsibility is such that they don't even want to risk it at this point. ACC Network's uh, Wes Durham with us uh, here. Always great to to catch up with Wes, and we will do so more frequently. Uh, Great to have him here on a Friday. Uh, (laughs) we, We got the Big Ten coaches huddling today. Obviously, it's right. the presidents that are the ones that, that drove that decision, so they have to be convinced. But is what they are, what's being reported out there today, conceivable in your in your mind in any way? To start Thanksgiving. To start Thanksgiving and go through Christmas, yeah. Yeah, start Thanksgiving and go through Christmas, meaning you're going to play a handful of games. I mean, you're going to play what four games, five games, something like that. I, I think they're saying six or eight weeks is what some of the reporting is like from Brett McMurphy and a few others today. Oh, really? Well, now, if they're going to play six or eight weeks, then they're going to miss the the college football playoff cycle. So if their goal is to start and play in the college football playoff cycle, see, this is the part that I was concerned about when they jumped the shark early is that you've jumped the shark the public backlash has been significant, and now you want to get back in the water, right? Um, and this was this is why you should not. And Greg Sankey talked about patience mm-hmm. when he visited with Ryan McGee and Marty Smith a couple of weeks ago. John Swafford talked about being prudent and being patient. Bob Bowlesby said the same thing, and they haven't reacted. Now, I did hear a report today. Somebody told me that the Big Ten and Pac-12 are going to play some eight-game schedule starting in January. And the two league champions would go play in the Rose Bowl. Now that that quite frankly makes a little more common ground sense for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but look, the Big Ten coaches have a right to be upset because the ADs. I mean, based on what Sandy Barber of Penn State said, and some of the other athletic directors have said, nobody really knows what happened in that room. Um, you know, I, I kind of joked around with Packer. I 
called it the Watergate of college football, to be honest with you. <laughs> right. I mean, you and I are old enough to remember Watergate and all the, you know, the plumbers broke into the Democratic National Headquarters at the Watergate Hotel. The next thing you know, they went to ask Nick and Nixon, and there was an 18-minute gap in the tape of Rosemary Woods, his secretary. Well, all of a sudden, that 18-minute gap is that vote in the room. And all of a sudden, yeah. we don't know anybody. Have you heard a president say anything about the vote in the room? No. Okay, well, somebody ought to really kind of talk about that, don't you think? And I, I don't know what the Big Ten's going to do, but it's a mess, and I feel badly for Kevin Warren. Um, I think he's a good guy. I think he's a really good administrator. But on the whole, they, they did this to themselves. They, nobody told them to announce their scheduling philosophy early, and nobody certainly told them to shut it down early. You know, it's easier to stop this thing than to stop it and restart it in the manner that the yes, Big Ten. Sir. Yeah, that and that's correct. what I'm just. I mean, you basically said that exact same same thing there, which is why I, I was really, I don't want to say surprised, but I, you know, I think now that we time often gives us perspective, and now that I I look back at it, uh, the ACC I think made didn't didn't make a knee jerk reaction. I knew the SEC probably would not. I think that was the feeling. Uh, nobody really knew at the time what the Big 12 necessarily was going to do. Uh, our interest mm-hmm. in the American, they're going to kind of, you know, follow those three uh, and, and stick sure. as long as they can as those three. But it, it just seemed to me that when the ACC made their announcement and and and, and talked about patience to me there, uh, that, that at least let me know we're going to give this a try and we're mm-hmm. going to do everything we can to make everybody safe. And it does make now what the Big Ten's trying to do today – Again, just look kind of, you know, just it's not a good look. Well, you can say it. It looks like pure comedy. Yeah, well, yeah. It's like it's like it's like who's minding the store, right? I mean, but all we know, if I'm correct, is the coaches have met, right? That's correct. Yeah, that's all that we okay. know, right? So now. Yeah. to me, that's still that that's two levels away from getting any momentum here because. The only way this is going to come back, and I'd say this about any league, because the, the decisions are going to be made at the chief executive level of the institutions. This this issue of playing sports and this issue of college football at the Power Five level left the athletic director and head football coach's desk a long time ago. This now has become uh, a state issue as it relates to public universities and institutions. Uh, it's become a uh, issue in some cases of liability. Um, it's become an issue financially. Um, you know, it's, it's gone to the gubernatorial level, uh, in respective States. I mean, look at the, look at the variances in attendance that you're going to see right now. I mean, North Carolina is still in, I want to say, is it phase one, phase two, mm-hmm. phase uh, two, phase where, two in North Carolina, yeah, yeah. phase two, they're not going to be anybody in the seats at any, any of the ball games, uh, because of what governor Cooper set up. You look in Florida and Ron DeSantis, says one thing. So Florida state, you know, says, you know, we'll do this, but there'll be, you know, maybe minimal tailgating. Meanwhile, Julio Frank, the doctor uh, who's the president of university of Miami said today, there'll be no alcohol and no students and we'll cap it at like 13,000. Um, you know, and we've still got scenarios playing out in the state of Georgia, where they're going to have a smaller percentage at both Atlanta and Athens for Georgia tech and Georgia, uh, South Carolina, Clemson cut loose there. Uh, scenarios yesterday, and I'm going to guess South Carolina is going to be about the same. It'll be different in Virginia, Tennessee, Kentucky. You name the state, it'll be different. Yeah. Yeah. New York, there'll be nobody. I mean, that's what we're going to have to get used to. Now, do we hope it changes? Sure. If the 
if the rates go down, the infections go down, God bless, please, the fatalities go down of COVID, then I think we'll be on the right track to getting back. But football will not look or sound or be the same as we've become accustomed to in our part of the world, no matter what level you're playing at uh, right now, if you're going to go this fall. What is your answer, Wes, to anyone who is uh, critical in the statement? Well, the ACC, um, even the American SEC, they're, they're obviously doing this for money. They're not concerned about the students' well-being, where at least if, if you believe what you hear from a lot of ADs and conference commissioners, the players seemingly want to play, and they have the option to, mm-hmm. to not play and not be penalized. Exactly right. So, so how do you reconcile? Yep. How are you reconciling all that? For me personally, uh, the young man who is 18 to 22 years old has an opportunity to stop at any point. He will not be there. The scholarship will not be consequential. I mean, he will still be on scholarship through the year. The NCAA has given him an eligibility waiver where he will return in 21 at the exact same spot in the road. Uh, these conferences are trying to play sports. Is there a financial part of this? Absolutely. And for us not to acknowledge that would be would be kind of sliding it. Um, there are, but see, here's the other thing too about this, Patrick. There is an expectation level of certain universities, and I can't speak for all of them, that some revenue be generated by those athletic entities to go back into the university coffers themselves. Mm-hmm, okay, mm-hmm. there yeah. is a degree of, and you know this. I mean, there's a degree of expectation expected self-efficiency of some of these athletic departments in, in one form or fashion. You know, it, it, I always like to use the great line, if we're in this still for the homecoming dance and the letter jacket, that, we, we, we left that, that a long time ago, Coach. Okay? I mean, remember this. The BCS was $186 million a year in rights. Okay? The college football playoff is $475 million a year in rights. And going north, by the way, not going yeah. south. Yeah. And, and I mean, if people say, well, you know, the student athlete and the class, yes. But look at the endowments in these universities. Look at the development that has occurred at any school. I mean, I went to Elon. You know that. Elon is a member of the Colonial. They play UNC Wilmington in basketball, but they play Richmond and Villanova and James Madison where Mike Houston used to be in football. They're a program that is reliant as a university on athletics being, quote, the front porch of the institution in some respect as it relates to bringing, you know, new donors and new contributors. Every school in America is that way. Um, you know, in the last year or two with television, I've been able to meet university presidents and chancellors who introduced me to prospective donors or corporate guests that they may have at games and things like that. It, that's part of the orientation of understanding. It's, it's a vital, vital piece to not only athletics, it's a vital piece to university life. Bud Peterson, who used to be the president at Georgia Tech, told me one time, he said, six home football games at Georgia Tech in Midtown Atlanta can generate millions of dollars for this institution that, that don't affect athletics, but athletics would be the entree to it. Yeah. I think that's, I, I think that any president or chancellor of any institution of major ilk in this country would tell you, they probably feel the same way. And, and I think that's the pressure. I think to a degree here in Greenville, that's the pressure in a lot of, you know, the sec uh, towns sure. really everywhere, but SEC for sure. Uh, we we yeah. got to go, Wes. Uh, we will get you back on soon. Thank you so much for doing this. It's always great to talk to you. 
Patrick, be well. Uh, good luck to Coach Houston and the Pirates. Tell my friend Jeff Charles hello, please. Will do. Take care. Thank you so much. Right. Wes Durham there. You bet. Fantastic to have Wes on. Really was. Well, a break, come back, wrap up everything after this. Log on to 943thegame.com for blogs about the Pirates program schedules and more. Here we go. We're back. Back to the P-Man. This is the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. The flagship station of the ECU Pirates. Uh, so good to have Wes Durham on. We got to get him back. Also, Blake Taylor. Good luck to him this weekend. He was uh, a great, uh, great to catch up with him, too. Uh, the independent schools, private schools, that includes uh, JP2 would fall under this. John Paul II. Uh, Parrot Academy. Uh, I think uh, Pungo over in Bellhaven. Uh, they are uh, announcing they're going to play ball starting next month, including football. I love it. No, I like it. More on that next week. I might have some other things to tell you about with that. Uh, thanks to uh, Ben Byram. Thanks also to Philip. Jim Zoki on Monday. So we hope you, and look, we really appreciate you listening to us. Uh, the show has been on a little over two years. We've done really well with it. The podcasts are doing well, 943thegame.com, to check those out. And I can't thank you enough. It's my privilege. Thank you. Have a safe and great weekend. Talk to you on Monday. Hey, this is Gray Fussell, and I'm a junior at East Carolina. In a few weeks, I'll be turning 21, and I hope to be celebrating a lot of pirate victories with a